The horse has always wanted good roads, and now the law enables him to say so. The law will pay the freight on any quantity you order, 20 cents each. Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike across Wikipedia uh, like a bunch of little fact toppers, uh, learning facts that are maybe not so true and maybe some that are a little more accurate. Uh, I am your Brexit, Kyle, and with me as always are my European Union. Sky. I'm Tim. So uh, tonight, um, you guys, it's the 4th of July weekend, or it was briefly. Uh, recently, <laughs> briefly, just a, good, you know, good job, America. Days for long. Generally, you know, 74, 72 hours. You know, uh, yeah, way to go, everyone. We survived another year somehow, and I decided to do a theme show, and I, I normally don't. Um, so this year's or this year's, yep, yep, this year, uh, this uh, holidays theme uh, is freedom. Uh, so, obviously, obviously, our goal pages for tonight, uh, in case you haven't listened to the podcast before, I give these guys a couple goal pages to go from Wikipedia on, or starting on one page and finding the way just using the links on that page to the goal page. And uh, tonight, our pages start on cycling, which is like freedom. How is cycling like freedom, Kyle? Just be patient. We'll get there. <laughs> Uh, I'm playing the, the long game. Your hair. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm playing the long game tonight, Tim, and uh, we are going to end up at Susan B. Anthony. Oh, she's she's, she's freedom. Yeah, yeah. She ride she's bikes? the flag lady, right? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> America. That, that's the one. Good job. Oh boy, uh, we really should know better. Anyway, no, that's, that was Susan G. Coleman. <laughs> All right. Good job, Tim. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that around. So, uh, all right. So that's where we're headed to tonight. So uh, you guys are going to start on. Whoa, what? Sorry, I'm just looking at the cycling page. Oh, it's good. It's, and it's there's a, a good... picture of a bicycle loca- loaded with tender coconuts for sale. <laughs> tender. Mm. Oh, it does say tender coconuts. It says tender coconuts. <laughs> How did I miss that tender when I looked at this? Tender loving coconuts. Which is a nuendo I'm going to use from now on. <laughs> <laughs> okay well there's our there's our uh, episode title and uh while you guys are looking over this page not at that uh we're going to have you do well you know what <clears throat> just to back up one of the things i texted you guys a while ago last week i don't know if you remember to see if you guys would be willing to lend me your voices for a particular uh project that i was helping out with yes we were both busy that night yeah, I remember which was a making shame. up excuses, yes. Yep. Jeez, oh, guys. Anyway, uh, I was being tasked to help do radio commercials for, well, uh, okay. Stephen is teaching a kid's class during the summer here, and as uh-huh. part of one of the projects, uh, they had to design their own roller coasters. As part of that project, they had to write the copy for an ad, like a radio ad for one of those, for their roller coaster. And then we read them and made uh, actual radio ads out of the out of all of these with sound effects and everything. It was amazing. Um, you guys were busy or pretended to be busy. I st- I stepped up and I got it. I got it done. I actually worked with another teacher who who is actually who who does real radio work. Uh, who is a, a friend of the podcast, Steve. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, uh, he's really cool, and he did some incredible voices, and I sort of did try to do voices. In fact, my favorite thing out of the whole evening of us trying to record these uh, radio ads is that uh, the thing that he came came back to me with was that I have the most normal guy voice he's ever heard. <laughs> so that's my claim to fame. I sound like average guy, and apparently I do it pretty well. So Good. Yeah, I'll take I mean, it. There's a lot of there's a lot of companies that would that that hits the nail on the head for I, with a yeah with ad I, like they're going for a normal guy. I joked with him. I'm like, ah, that's funny. He goes, no, though, no, people will pay good money for that. I'm like, great, people Thanks. pay good money for normalcy. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what I can't do. That that one right there. The other week, Candace's uh, grandfather was like. 
you have a voice for radio. You ever <laughs> consider going into radio? I was like, well, yeah, I took like a broadcasting course in college and I did some radio spots for a local radio station a few times. He's like, you should go into that. The guy on the Ted Nugent like oh. uh, satellite station, you know, he's making millions of dollars just talking. I'm like, millions of dollars, huh? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. Uh, keep <laughs> that in mind. The, the Ted Nugent satellite is, he is not is the making guy a million dollars from space. I'm so glad that that spun in Live that direction. Live from the Ted Nugent Satellite Station, orbiting the yeah. Earth. <laughs> no, what is it called? It's satellite radio. No, no, satellite. it's what Tim said. It's what Tim said. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ted Nugent is stuck in a satellite. Up in <laughs> worst mystery science theater ever. <laughs> so anyway, to it's bring very, us back very to... very, very smoky. <laughs> To bring us back to what we're it's actually doing It's just all the today. robots except they're high. <laughs> yes, yes. And wearing well, that's actually caps. That's actually not that different, to be completely honest. That's mm. probably true. Uh, so what I usually what I have you guys do to decide who goes first tonight, or to decide who goes first, is play a game. And tonight, we're not doing that. Uh, instead, I've messaged each of you on Skype uh, individually a script, one of the radio scripts okay. that the kids have, uh, the kids had written. These are written by actual children, um, <laughs> real live children. Uh, and I the most did... dangerous kind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have each of you do your best recording. I want to hear this radio ad, and I want you guys to sell me on this. I need whoever. Sells no. the uh, this roller coaster the best gets to go first tonight. Now, are we allowed to read it before we read it? Oh out loud? yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I was thinking if we have to come into this cold and like no, <laughs> this is how the pros do it. Yeah, that is. Yeah, exactly. They never read anything before the first time they they see it. That's that's it. They they never ever go in prepared for anything. <laughs> so. Uh, like the pros, you guys are going to be reading these. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. Does either of you feel like you got to take... Do you have a feel for your for your script? I think I have felt it as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're, you're going in a lot of different directions tonight, Sky. All right. Moving at the speed of light while wondering, is college good or bad? After high school, you can experience this yourself. The Curse of College, located at Cedar Point. Graduation of death. That was amazing. What? Graduation of death? Yes. Yep. That's what it literally says. These kids are dark. Oh, you have no idea. Well, I, I could it, do you know is the name of the roller coaster, The Curse of College, or is it Graduation of Death? I mean, that was a note that I had for them. I, I really... <laughs> Your brand is getting a little murky. Like, it's getting, like, I'm not sure. Curse of college, colon, graduation of death. Graduation of death, oh. yes. Yeah. Uh, I like it either way, though. I, I could go for either one of those names. Well, uh, Scott, that was pretty solid. That was pretty good. Uh, Tim, what do you have for us on, uh, on your end? Okay. Go to the roller coaster and expect the unexpected. Expect fire, sudden water pits, jump scares, and slime. Come visit. Expect the unexpected in Cedar Point. Expect it all. Whoa. Wow. Well done, Tim. I, well done. I mean, I, if you're expecting everything, then it's not unexpected, though. That was right? a little bit more like Oktoberfest than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Like Halloween-y special. Well, you know these. You know, you know what's been. It's it's the it's the Five Nights at Freddy's. It's affecting the kids' minds. Mm, yeah. That's what it is, and all the the gun games. Yes, mm -hmm. the Halo's. all those gun games. Yep. Well, uh, <laughs> jump scares. The jump scares. A roller coaster yeah. with jump scares. Well, you gotta expect them. Oh man, I I I mean, I'm torn because I love both of these. Uh, Tim, you really gave it all on yours, though. So I have to, I have to go with yours tonight. That was, that was really good. Oh, thank I, you. I, I want to, I, I expect, I want to expect the unexpected, but now I don't know what to expect because now I'm trying to expect everything. It's very X Files ish. Yeah, yeah. I want to expect. <laughs> to expect, they, you first must unexpect. Wow, wow. Well, they didn't actually give a name at all, so I wish I can't. I, I mean, I can't even say what that. Roller coaster is called, but that's the one I'm going to. So, Tim, you get to go first tonight. 
All right. So we're on Sky, cycling. Sky, that was still wonderful. I don't want you to think that I... Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just the way that I talk sounds so good naturally. So it sounds <laughs> yes. like I'm not doing a voice. So I get it. It's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> You should be in radio, Sky. Let's talk about cycling. So cycling is, uh, it's riding a bike, guys. That's right. Persons engaged in cycling are referred to as cyclists, bikers, or less commonly as bicyclists. I like that one the best, actually. Apart from two-wheeled bicycles, cycling also includes the riding of unicycles, tricycles, quadricycles, recumbent, and similar human-powered vehicles, or HPVs. That is a very dangerous disease. Also, quadricycles are just called cars. We can just call them that, guys. Well, you mean like a like an engineless car? Is that what you want to call it? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> the oh, engi- these the these engineless- newfangled engineless cars. <laughs> I've heard Elon Musk is working that's on. That's the third time I've used my old timey voice tonight. There's got to be a limit on that. I you didn't even really say. use it in your ad, which I was very confused about. Well, because I, I it, it was evil. But that's what I, I expected. So. That's it was why an evil ad. <laughs> I, I to, didn't I expect it. Tone. It's very strange. I don't like pulling out my dark tone. Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay. Well, uh, so according to this, and I have to say that according to this because I don't really believe it, uh, cycling is widely regarded as a very effective and efficient mode of transportation cited twice. Where is this cited to? How stuff works. Is there a way to compare a human being to an engine in terms of efficiency? And Komanoff Charles in the entry for bicycling in Cleveland, uh, Encyclopedia of Energy. There we are. I, I want to click this How Stuff Works thing. Cycling suffers from a perception that it's unsafe. And they say, <laughs> yes. they say about a third of accidents, of bike accidents in the United States, comes from what? I mean, is it Eating. cycling? <laughs> no. Eating while bicycling. Yeah. No. Uh, is it a third of collisions between motorists and cyclists? Oh, between motorists and cyclists. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. They don't texting. No, uh, car dooring. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, but a fifth, a fifth of non-fatal injuries to cyclists do not involve any other person or vehicle. It's all them. Oh, wait, <laughs> all how their does deal. That... Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. terrible. I, I actually follow a guy on Twitter who is a, uh, I guess he's an avid cyclist. <laughs> he's an uh, avid car door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. In, uh, he just does it on weekends. Um, it, he, in, in, in New York, and he, can, he constantly complains about people leaving their car doors open. Like, there's probably a tweet every week about it. Dang. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that this, this is put in here to set things to rest. Despite rumors to the contrary, there is no scientific evidence linking cycling with testicular cancer. Whoa, what? Wow. Well, you know, because one guy one, had you know, testicular popular. cancer and happened to ride a bike. Guys, we're so, so stupid. Uh, yeah. We're the dumbest. <laughs> how? How is that a thing that people... People are the dumbest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, amazing, Tim. Yep. Where are you going to take this bicycle? <laughs> I want to ride my bicycle. <laughs> uh, I'm looking under associations. Uh, some bicycle clubs and national associations became prominent advocates for improvements to roads and highways. In the United States, the League of American Wheelmen, lobbied for the improvement of roads in the last Ooh. part of the 19th century. The League of American Wheelmen just. Sounds yeah, like how, something that that Sean Connery stars in, like what? an Alan yeah. Moore, yeah, <laughs> novel, yes, mm-hmm. or something that Susan B. Anthony would want to want Read, to join. Join. Okay, before before we go though, I was reminded of this thing that does really exist. Have you guys heard of the Hovding? The Hovding. I'm Hovding? I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that Hovding? correctly. Oh man! <laughs> so. This it's is the is world's first airbag for cyclists. So this is a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, this is a serious topic, Tim. Oh my this gosh, is this <laughs> animation! <laughs> if you're listening, so, don't go to www.hovding.com. So this is a scarf that you wear that contains an, an airbag in it? If the sensors detect... That you've been hit by a car or have otherwise, you know, 
come into a collision with something, say a car door, it inflates and makes a giant helmet around your head. Which is actually really cool. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. But it looks like the dorkiest thing I've oh, ever seen. Oh, it totally does. Uh, the video Why? of it actually, like, inflating is pretty awesome. Yeah. But on Except the you know other it's not going to work that way. You know you're going to no. pull up to, this, to like, stop at an intersection. <laughs> it's just going to go off. And suddenly you look like a big doofus. Yeah, some kid's <laughs> going to kick your front bike tire and it just boops out. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> going to get car doored wearing, wearing this thing. So... so. <laughs> I just why, why not just why wear, just wear a, a helmet? helmet? It's not because as cool. no, because you have to be cooler than that. I don't know if you remember this, but this was actually a Kickstarter. Uh, the the actual uh, the product itself. Oh, nice. Start as a, as a Kickstarter. So this is one of the other things that made it. This and Shovel Knight. Can I still use my hub ding once the airbag has been triggered? <laughs> no. So one time use. I like how you have to charge it too. Like, what are you doing? Oh, just charging my scarf. Wow, we are in 2016. <laughs> Oh, it's the Internet of Things. Of of Dings. Of him Dings. Can I use it when riding any bike? <laughs> they never got back to us about buying those... Uh, what was it called? We were trying to buy that oh, personalized yeah, like, those... snowmaker. Yes. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they ever replied. I'm very Jeez. sad. Jeez. Uh, man, I wonder if they thought we were why. completely... What they thought we were kidding. Uh, man, it's, <laughs> not, it's like they didn't take us seriously. Like we were a comedy podcast. Yeah, weird. <laughs> okay uh tim you went to a different page that i forgot already what do <laughs> the league of american wheelmen but now it's the league of american bicyclists mm, not as great mm. not as great uh i'm looking at the uh heading here for war it says the bicycle is not suited for <laughs> combat but it has been used as a method of reconnaissance as well as transporting soldiers and supplies to combat zones wow um in this, it has taken over many of the functions of horse horses in warfare, and that is a link. Horses in warfare. Really? So I'm going to click on that. Oh my yep. gosh! Yeah. Uh, it takes me to wiki slash horses in warfare. I'm so glad that you came here. Yep, here we are. Oh, look at that! Horses and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is nowhere to be seen. He was I... in a movie called War Horse. Oh, okay. Oh, I watched that movie. It was yep. not. It was like a Steven Spielberg like. Yeah, of course it was. Yes. <laughs> it, was just, it was a very, like, it is very densely Steven Spielberg. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the League of American Bicyclists. I just so happen to have an image of a horse on my page as well. Wow. And it is pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, a chest protector for horses, <laughs> the poster says. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <The accompanying laughs> The accompanying cut illustrates a bib or breast apron for horses, which has proven very successful advertising device for the Law League of wow. American Wheelmen. Oh, that's law. why they did it. Okay. Its chief merit is its appropriateness. Wow. Made of it cotton, is... duck, wool-lined, they serve as protection against wind and cold. Do they? The horse has always <laughs> wanted good roads, and now the law <laughs> enables him to say so. The law will pay the freight on any quantity you order, 20 cents each. So yeah, it's just, it's basically this, it's a horse, it's wearing a bib. It says, yeah. I want good roads. Guys, what is cotton duck? I don't know. I mean, there's not a just, comma in there. It just says it, cotton duck. Is it just a duck that's woven into another duck? Is it like a rat king, but for ducks? What? Ducks aren't made out of cotton. Do you not know what a rat king is, Scott? <laughs> The Rat, Rat King, King is a was king. the character yeah. from no, uh, Toonies, no, Swedish, and Turtles. No, it's not. No. I, I mean, know yes. a Rat King is a big rat made out of a lot of rats. Yes, that one. But this isn't a Duck King. This is a Cotton Duck. <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. Right. Let's let's ask Duck Duck Go. It will know. What is Cotton... Hold on. Cotton Duck... Oh my gosh, it is a thing. We're allowed to use that phrase here at Duck Duck Go. You're not yeah. allowed to use that phrase. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cotton duck is also simply duck or duck cloth or duck canvas. Um, it is a heavy, plain woven cotton fabric. Duck canvas differs from plain canvas in that the threads in the former are more tightly woven. There's also linen duck, <laughs> oh man, which is less often, less often used, which is a shame because that's amazing. Oof. Cotton duck is used in a wide range of applications from sneakers to painting canvases to tents to sandbags. And horse bibs. That's a pretty wide range. Amazing. I'm pretty sure that at least a part of this was 
because uh, duct tape is duck it literally literally d-u-c-k tape it's not duct tape right right um because we we covered that before so i wonder i i bet that that's just this fabric but painted with something to make it waterproof probably that probably so, makes sense the law the law now known as the lab the league of american bicyclists or league of american wheelmen as it was formerly known uh, were advocates for improved roads, and this was before the automobile was even a thing. Mm. They wanted better roads for horses and bikes. So they said. I mean, it helps that their goals are the same. It, it, they're coming at it from different ways, but sure. And then in 1894, the League voted to prohibit membership by non-white people. Whoa, whoa! Since, since the League was the governing body for bicycle racing at the time, the League's action effectively banned non-white people from most races in the United States. Ooh. In 1999, the league disavowed the 1894 action. Well, well, I mean, that's a good idea. <laughs> we support that here. At we should know uh, better. Oh boy. that decision that could have gone badly. <laughs> that's right. At its at its height, it had 103,000 members uh, from all sorts of places. Apparently, they grade. Uh, bicycle-friendly communities. What? As of May 2016, the league has formally recognized 386 communities across all 50 states as bicycle-friendly communities. Oh my gosh. They did? Uh, they, and yeah. they have different levels. Bronze, silver, gold, platinum, and diamond. There are Ooh. no diamond-level communities. <laughs> there They're are just no. holding that out there for one of them to like, step we up, I guess. We have never... <laughs> There's literally a, 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 a heading for it in this list, and then it just says, no diamond-level communities. Oh, my None. gosh. Like, they put it there just so they could say they don't exist. Right. There is a utopia that we have to strive for. And it's just bikes. They're bike houses. They're bike people. It's just... The sidewalks are made out of bikes. Yeah, uh, a little, a little uh, handle bell for for every child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're you're born wearing a hovding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's interesting to notice that the doctor doesn't have to catch you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like I said, at its height in 1898, the league had over 103,000 members. Early members included three of the wealthiest men of the Gilded Age, Newport Socialites, John Jacob Astor, Diamond Jim Brady, and John D. Rockefeller. Oh, man. We talked about Astor not too long ago with the New York Library, too. And I believe we've talked about Rockefeller. At least. I don't know I want to talk about Diamond Jim Brady. Are you kidding me? Nope. Wow, that worked out nicely. Yep. Uh, I, I do want to point out before we move on that... Out of the other levels here, the communities that have that have gotten uh, the platinum level or gold level, like there are a ton of them in Colorado, specifically Colorado. Five out of the five communities in the platinum level, three of them are Colorado. Makes sense. So, no, it do- doesn't. There's lot. There's mountains everywhere oh, over sorry. there. Sorry. Yeah, I have a friend who goes biking in Colorado every year. Oh, really? Like she goes specifically because it's all about mountain biking and biking and... Yeah. Oh, I see. Like, okay, like so it's, it's not just like... Yeah, it's a big thing there. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Diamond Jim Brady. Sky, let's talk about horses and warfare. <laughs> horses and warfare! Horses and warfare! So, of the places horses want to be, war is like bottom of the list. Oh, totally. Like they just like fields. They like the hay. They like swatting flies with their butt and their butt hairs. Yeah, I was like going to say, tail. it's not quite. But then we, we were like, hey, horse, you got to earn your keep. <laughs> Come with me. We're going to war. They didn't They didn't have to earn their keep. They just kind of do their I thing. know. Oh, I, I know that. Like, <laughs> the horses are beautiful animals that owe nobody nothing. But <laughs> we as flawed human beings who think sure. that maybe bicycling gives your, your, uh, your tender <laughs> coconuts cancer. That's right. That, uh, that uh, we need to send these horses to war. Oh, um, man. We used all types of horses in warfare, apparently. Uh, lightweight horses. Like light oriental horses, horses sure. uh, says here that they were, they were used for for they were, they were basically used, uh, I guess, in cavalry sort of infantry units because they can quickly ride in and kill things. Yes, well, the you, horses won't. People I would mean, have they bows. could. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, they they would. They yeah. I, I think suppose was, you're right. I, I didn't read on here, but like they have to like teach the horses to trample people because horses naturally are, you know, 
very they, nice things that don't want they don't to want to get their who's dirty <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> um there's medium weight horses Me- medium weight horses developed as early as the iron age wow they make they it sound develop? like yeah i don't we think must that's... have cultivated them oh. that's weird and yeah they 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 were used in he- in heavy cavalry to carry like heavily armored riders like people wearing friggin yeah tanks suits of iron yeah wearing tanks yep uh and then there's heavyweight large heavy horses uh including bowser in what (laughs) (laughs) bowser's a horse yeah sure (laughs) okay well i have of all the things that he might be that's one of them yeah actually the better joke would have said that yoshi is included in the lightweight set there you go oh i see i got where you're going yeah. Mario Kart jokes. Yay! They're also adorable ponies. <laughs> the British yeah. the British Army's second dragoons in 1813 no. had 340 <laughs> ponies. That's not true. 340 <laughs> oh ponies. Oh my gosh. Of, and they measured them in 14.2 hands, because apparently you, met, you uh, measure horses in hands, which is just a slap to them because they don't have those. <laughs> and 55 <laughs> ho- ponies of 14 hands. All right, I'm looking this book up right now. They were mounted on Highland ponies. The hands were? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, the the British Army. Oh my gosh, this book really exists. There is a real book talking about the ponies of Britain, the war ponies of Britain. Yeah, it's pretty great. They also <laughs> um, use donkeys and mules for stuff, to carry stuff. Um, anyway, they used horses during the American Revolutionary War, which is what I'm going to be clicking on here. Oh, okay. Uh, alright, you said American Civil War? Yeah. I'm having trouble finding that, so I'm just going to use, oh, there it is. I said Revolutionary War. Oh, sorry. Alright, Diamond Jim Brady. Diamond Jim Brady was a, uh, very rich philanthropist. He was well known for two things. He liked... (laughs) <laughs> Diamonds, of course. And he liked to eat. <laughs> he had a penchant for jewels, especially diamonds. Uh, he collected precious stones and jewelry in excess of $2 million, which in today's time would be almost $57 million. What? Uh, yep. And then he had an enormous appetite. Uh, it was not unusual, according to the legend, for Brady to eat enough food for 10 people at a sitting. Uh, George Rector, owner of a favorite restaurant, described Brady as, quote, the best 25 customers I ever had. (laughs) In the book, Fenton and Fowler's (laughs) Best, Worst and Most Unusual, Brady was listed in the chapter food as having the best appetite. For breakfast, he would eat, quote, vast quantities of hominy, eggs, cornbread, muffins, flapjacks, chops, fried potatoes, beefsteak, washing it all down with a gallon of fresh orange juice. Wow. A mid-morning snack would consist of two or three dozen clams or Lynn Haven oysters. Luncheon would consist of shellfish, two or three deviled crabs, a brace of boiled lobsters, a joint of beef, and an enormous salad. Whoa. He would also include a dessert of several pieces of homemade pie and more orange juice. Brady would take afternoon tea, which consisted of another platter of seafood accompanied by two or three bottles of lemon soda. Dinner was the main meal of the day, though. Taken at Rector's Restaurant, it usually comprised two or three dozen oysters, six crabs, and two bowls of green turtle soup. Oh, no. Then, in sumptuous procession, came six or seven lobsters. It never stops. Two (laughs) canvas-backed ducks, a double portion of terrapin, sirloin steak, vegetables, and for dessert, a platter of French pastries. All right, so... I realize that this is Brady a lot Brady would of even include two pounds of chocolate candy to finish off the meal. What in the world? Yeah, I realize that this is a lot of food, but did this guy just have something against, like, seafood? Like, against fish? Because it really sounds like he just doesn't like aquatic animals. They were just too tasty. <laughs> uh, Brady they're died all, in his sleep. They're only crying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brady died in his sleep of a heart attack. No, uh, kidding. When his body was examined, doctors discovered that his stomach was six times the size of that of an average person. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's... This is like, this is like the Monty Python sketch. Dang. So, I realized who I was so trying like to... a mint? <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> it is way for thin. 
the photo of him here is Tommy Lee Jones trying to act uh, a role of John Wayne. That's that's what the photo looks like. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones trying to be John Wayne. That's what it is. Sorry. That's what I was trying to do five minutes ago before all of this. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. All right, Tim. Hmm. That was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> where are we going to go from this fish? I mean... <laughs> Um, they say the ways he made his money were not always ethical. No. Um, biographer Harry Paul Jeffers wrote on election night, 1896, Brady won about $180,000, equivalent today to $5 million bucks, by making crooked bets on the William McKinley, William Jennings Bryant presidential election. Oh, dang. Uh, I'm going to go to William McKinley. Yeah, nice. He's getting us close, I think, to the period of uh, Susan B. Anthony. Yes. All right. American Revolutionary War. Yeah, so wars. War pages aren't a lot of fun. Mm. <laughs> I've been looking for something interesting to talk about. Um, did you? Do you guys know what the test laws are? Did you ever hear about this? The what? The test laws or the test acts? The Declaration uh. of Independence was followed by the test laws, which required all colonists to swear allegiance to the state in which they lived. The test oath was intended to identify those who were indifferent or to who or or the indifferent to <laughs> or were secret enemies of the revolution. What? They were indifferent to wait. Oh, hold on. The way this is worded, it it's says, bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of implies that they were intended to identify those who were indifferent to secret enemies of the revolution. Like, eh. But that's nah. You could reword. <laughs> I'm going to mark this for an edit. <laughs> they they prescribe loyalty to the Patriot cause, disloyalty to the British government, and a promise not to aid and abet the enemy. All right. Record that makes more sense. Record was kept of those who took the oath and were issued a certificate of safety. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You just carry carry that on you all the time. That's better than a day. Yeah. Loyalists were expelled from all public offices and forced to pay double or 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 treble taxes yeah it's triple that's a real word oh it is okay yeah that's a real thing <laughs> so, that tells me about somebody about who wrote this who was a professional such as a doctor or lawyer was often denied the right to practice this is one thing that i was uh, you know in in my many 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 listenings to the hamilton soundtrack mm. is like how did that transition work between like being a british colon like we're like hey we're gonna be independent but there are still some people who aren't into that like what happens to them <laughs> well they get banished so i've been uh i've been listening to the revolutions podcast and you guys yeah. should listen to it too he covered the american revolution and it is fascinating uh and I he bet. he talks a little bit about that uh in some of the later episodes for uh the american revolution it's it's pretty nuts yeah it sounds like it oof anyway um uh, Betsy Ross is not on this page anywhere. Neither Dang. is Flag. Really? Betsy Ross? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're looking for Susan B. Anthony. Uh, are we? Yep. <laughs> are we looking for Susan B. Anthony? So I'm like, yeah, I was wondering why you went to Revolutionary War. Oh, I, mean, okay. I mean, you could still turn this around. I kind of wondered as well, but you know. <laughs> okay, so Susan B. Anthony. Yep, that's the one. Okay. Um... <laughs> I was just thinking, like Independence Day, uh, important I ladies just, of the American, important yeah. ladies of the American past. Who's just, yes, yeah, of course. Sense. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yep. there is American Civil War is mentioned here. Thank oh God. my gosh! Oh God, going there. <laughs> are you? Are you? You are. Aren't it's you? all I got, Tim. God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, while we visit all of America's atrocities, let's. <laughs> Let's head on over to William McKinley. There is a lot about this guy. Oh yeah. So so Kyle, we visited his his grave one time. Wasn't that the weirdest thing? Did Yes. <laughs> Tim what? and I had the weirdest experience at the <laughs> the McKinley Memorial. <laughs> so, so he has a giant memorial oh, it's in a, Canton, Ohio. It's amazing. Uh and mm-hmm. so this is a this memorial is built here and it's laid out so that the actual uh, it's got the memorial itself and then some steps leading down to a large uh a, a large kind of like swath of field that's sticking straight forward uh that's just kind of a lawn 
but it's uh, cut in a particular way so that viewed from overhead, this enormous monument looks like a giant sword. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the mo- with the memorial itself making up the Whoa. handle of the sword, it's it's nuts. Uh, but anyway, Tim and I, uh, Tim came to visit a while ago, and we went geocaching. Yes, and we geocached near his his tomb. That's right. And also near his tomb was a weird dude covered in pins. Oh my gosh, it was so strange. What? <laughs> so. We're just out looking for the the geocache, uh, as you do, you know. And we had a good we had a good beat on it that it was we had the like uh, the coordinates down. And while we were out there, um, just looking, we knew exactly where it should be. And while we were there, some kid who was wearing a lot of pins <laughs> saw us and was like, "Hey guys, what are you doing?" And then he decided that he was going to help us look for the geocache. What kind of pins was he wearing? Uh, like all kinds. The one I remember, he had like a Vash the Stampede pin, I think. Oh my gosh, I forgot from about Trigun. that. Okay. I was going to say. Pin. Yeah. I was going to say. That's the only one I remember. <laughs> I was going to say it was a lot of Hot Topic style stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, he helped us look for uh, a good, what, 10, 15 minutes? I think so, yeah. And I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember for the life of me if we ever found it or not. Um, yeah, we did. Did we? Okay. Yep. Because I, I know we, we looked for several that day and we didn't find all of them. But that was the only part that I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> and then but we found, oh, okay, we must have found it. And then just like, hey, all right, we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, like, as you do. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff in here. I think that I think we said all we need to say about it. That, yeah, pretty much. That was the important story um, on this page. All I, all I want to say is, of course, he was assassinated in Buffalo, New York, mm. and we named them all after him. That's true. I'm not really seeing anything that's going to get me really closer to Susan B. Anthony suffrage yeah. or Susan B. Anthony. So I'm going to have to shift gears a little bit. <laughs> um see here talking about mckinley's appointees to the supreme court oh wow. so i'm going to supreme court all right sky the american civil war here we we're, are we're knee deep in this stuff another now. war this is all your fault no <laughs> I, i'm sorry i'm not the one who forgot where we were going <laughs> oh it's not it's not a nice it's not gonna be a, just an, a nice page about the woman who no uh you know made our made our flag and our our natu- national identity it's going to be a page about about <laughs> like abolition and and voting and slavery i mean pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um do you know what the lost cause is no Tell me about the memory of the war in the white South crystallized in the myth of the lost cause shaping regional identity and race relations for generations. Essentially it's the idea idea that the, the South's separation from the North was a, like a heroic thing that should be like, I was up in Silver Lake dunes uh, over 4th of July weekend. And I saw so many Confederate flags flying on like the dune buggies and stuff. that People were driving around. It was so sad. Yep. But yeah, um, it became it, it began mo- as mostly a literary expression of the despair of a bitter, defeated people over a lost identity. Mm. It was a landscape dotted with figures drawn mainly out of the past. The chivalric. Uh, oh, sorry. This is just sorry. Yeah, that who, who that was actually this? that's an alternate <laughs> history that I'm writing where uh, Trump becomes president. Oh, good. So good. don't <laughs> just forget about that. <laughs> Uh, we also have Beardian Histrography, the interpretation what? of the Civil War presented by Charles A. Beard and Mary Mary R. Beard in The Rise of the American Civilization was highly influential, so much so that there is, uh, they call it the Beardian Histography. Wow. Uh, anyway, they link to Civil Rights Movement here, so that's what I'm going to go to. Hey! Civil Rights Movement. There we go. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Civil rights movement, specifically nice African American civil rights movement, nineteen fifty four to sixty eight. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Just jumping, oh, jumping so all great. around here. This is so great. All right, Tim, let's go to the Supreme Court. <laughs> the Supreme Court. 
Again. All right. Okay. People's court. Yeah. No. I guess. Which is this is the people's court. Yeah, too. it is. This podcast is the people's court. Ooh. Yes. Wow. Um, so they're talking about. I'm, I'm specifically looking in here at the um, the from Taney to Taft era. <laughs> Okay. Uh, hoping that they will mention something perhaps about suffrage. Um, what they do mention is um, the Taney Court, 1836-1864, made several important rulings such as Sheldon versus Sill, which held that while Congress may not limit the subjects the Supreme Court may hear, it may limit the jurisdiction of the lower federal courts to prevent them from hearing cases dealing with certain subjects. I did not know that could happen. No, that's... That is surprising, but uh, so you can just basically be like, um, "No, the lower courts can never hear about the rights of waffles," and hence the Supreme Court um, might never hear about it unless they call them up. I guess. Now, in fact, uh, you can appeal directly to the Supreme Court with a case. Uh, it is possible to do. It is very, very difficult and almost never happens, but you can do it. So, I guess they're saying that. You could still do it. The chances of them getting it are just a lot less with the lower courts not hearing stuff. <laughs> I mean, it just makes it less possible. It still happens, though. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really seeing anything there, mm. uh, which is a bummer. <laughs> so I might just have... That is a bummer. I might just have to dive right into the United States Constitution. Dang! And just just rip this right out. Wow, you guys. The United States Constitution. All right, Sky. Um, Wiki slash African American Civil Rights Movement 1954 to 68, specifically. The Civil Rights Movement in the United States was a long, primarily nonviolent series of events to bring full civil rights and equality under the law to all Americans. Um, I gotta figure out how to get to the thing. Indeed. Susan B. Anthony, like, I'm not crazy, right? Like, she worked, she did, like, civil rights stuff. So, she yes. did. Okay. I'm just, but I... I will say, I will give you, uh, I mean, it was prim- primarily women's voting rights. That, right. That's what she was primarily known for. She, she did some... Didn't she do some slave stuff? She did. She did. But primarily, she's known for women's suffrage. Right. I just... Yeah. <laughs> You're not crazy. So, it really happened. Women... Oh, my gosh. There. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Suffrage. Suffrage. I really expect suffrage to be on here somewhere. Uh, I saw something here. I, I saw... I was looking through. A different period of civil rights. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um. So while you were talking about that, I recently picked up from uh, uh, from the uh, Goodwill near me. They had a copy of a book of letters by Jackie Robinson. Okay. Um, called like the the baseball player. Yeah, who was who was really influential for a time in the civil rights movement. Uh, he, I mean, being who he was, who I mean, broke the color barrier in, in uh, you know in baseball and. He um, he had a lot to say, and oh man, I I don't know a way of saying it without making it sound weird, but it was he was controversial within within his own community, hmm. and the uh, the book itself is really cool. Uh, it was the collection was uh, it was called First Class Citizens, um, and it's it's really good. So. I mean, all of the rest of everything else that's on this page is good, but that's the thing that I read most recently. Uh, it was very fascinating. He actually had a lot of conversations with uh, Nixon at the time, who, according to the book, uh, supported uh, a lot of civil rights in a weird way. I guess I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. That it's so discordant with the, what I, you know, what I know about history. But there you go. Huh. Anyway. Very cool. What are you going with? I bought you a uh, lot of time there, Sky. Uh, you did, but I was paying attention to what you were saying. Oh my gosh, you really <laughs> were? Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, I've been scanning. I saw it in here. I can't find it now. Oh, was it just literally no, Oh, I clicked on it. That's why I was looking through the new one. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so American Civil Rights Movement. Um, 
what? 1896 <laughs> through ni- 1954. Sky, I, <laughs> I don't. Look, I was looking for it on the page. I don't. This, this has not been your night, Sky. Because I clicked on it. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. In 1896, there we are. Okay, well, That's I'm going to let... That's when Susan B. Anthony was around, right? I'm going to let you do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you do this for a while. Okay. Tim, <laughs> let's talk. Oh. Tell me about the United States. What, what, what do you know about the United States Constitution? Uh, let's talk about the amendments to the Constitution dealing with civil rights. Oh, dang, nice. Uh, so the uh, the 13th Amendment is the one that abolished slavery, uh, of course. Yes. And then after that, they sort of keep having to add various uh, additional amendments based on ways in which people still try to kind of suppress these uh, uh, now free slaves from voting. Wow. Uh, the 14th Amendment uh, granted, well, first granted citizenship to former slaves and all Persons subject to U.S. jurisdiction. Uh, the 15th Amendment prohibits the use of race, color, or previous condition of servitude in determining which citizens may vote. Uh, that was five years after the 13th Amendment. Uh, skip up to the 23rd Amendment in 1961. Uh, actually gave people in the District of Columbia the right to vote in presidential elections. Nice of the country to do that. You know. <laughs> You know, 24th Amendment. I'm sorry. No, just, it, they're just living there. It's not a thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, you know, this is where everything is. I guess doesn't mean we get a right to vote for who who lives in this place that's in our district. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, 23rd Amendment. Nope, sorry. 24th Amendment prohibits a poll tax for voting. So if you want to keep the poor people from voting, you know, yep. just you know, have it cost a little bit. Nothing wrong with that, uh, fellas, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 26th Amendment uh, prohibits the government from denying the right of citizens 18 or older to vote on account of age. Okay. Um, So, yeah. But let's go back to the 19th Amendment. Okay. 1920. Prohibits the government from denying women the right to vote on the same terms as men. What? I know. That sounds really close. Uh, Right to vote is underlined, and that takes you to women's suffrage. Oh, man. And that's where I'm going. Oh, dang. Well, good winning it. Okay. Well, we're so close now to women's suffrage. But before we go there, we have to stop at African-American civil rights movement from 1896 to 1954. It's still African-American instead of just generic. Yeah. Uh, Mentions the 14th Amendment here. I'm going to click on it. Good. (laughs) That's a good call. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good call. All right, thank you for not needing to do anything else here. Uh, all right, women's suffrage. Yes, I'm looking at a, a photo. Of Susan B. Anthony. Has, well, yeah, there's a photo over here. I of think. course. So here is a, a photo of a women's suffrage headquarters in Cleveland in 1913. What? Really? Yep. And uh, it says on the big uh, placard above it, women's suffrage headquarters, men of Ohio... Exclamation point. Give the women a square deal. Oh, Vote dang. for amendment number 23 on September 3rd, 1912. Come in and learn why women ought to vote. Oh, this is the coolest. It is pretty cool. Oh my gosh, that looks and so awesome. And then you awesome. got a gang of women outside looking tough. Oh, that's so cool. I, I didn't know this happened here, but that's really cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the first place to grant women's suffrage was Corsica in 1755. Ahead of the curve. <laughs> Wow. Whoa, no, 1755? And ironically, ironically, in 1881, the Isle of Man ah. became the third. <laughs> they probably had a, good, a couple good jokes on that. <laughs> uh, we, beat, we beat Sweden. Yeah. So be proud of that. We beat Italy. And, uh, and technically, the, yeah, the Vatic- Vatican City has no voting, just so you know. That, I, right. I like that they list that the only on vote, here. There's only one vote, and that's God's vote. <laughs> Canada kind of had a staggered uh, release of suffrage. What? Uh, 1917 to 1919 for most of Canada. Prince Edward Island in 1922. Newfoundland in 1925. And Quebec in 1940. Whoa, specifically women over 21 who were, who were quote, not alien-born, unquote. 
Yay. We still have some things to figure out. I mean, well, I mean, yes, but I'm just for the sake of giving them the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to assume they mean not born from the stars. Yeah. Uh, but in that case, even if they were, we would want them to because, geez, they know something that we do not. You ever hear of Seneca Falls? Uh, I have, <clears throat> have, as a matter of fact. That's where the first women's rights convention in the United States took place, Seneca Falls, New York. <gasps> uh, when Elizabeth Cady Stanton met Lucretia Mott at the World Anti-Slavery Convention in London. What? Uh, the, oh, the seeds, the seeds for the convention were planted in London they, when these two met. They literally planted some seeds. Yep. The conference refused to seat Mott and other women delegates from the U.S. because of their sex. So everyone was there for abolition. It's like, oh, no, sorry, you can't help us. Yep. You were women. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And they rightfully thought, WTF. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in 1851, Stanton met temperance worker Susan B. Anthony. What? And shortly the two would be joined in the long struggle to secure the vote for women in the U.S. Yes. Hooray. Wait, is it linked? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! We got to Susan B. Anthony. Nice. Nice work, you guys. Sky, do you want to talk about the Fourteenth Amendment? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, the amendment addresses citizenship rights and equal protection of the laws, and was proposed in response to issues related to former slaves following the American Civil War. It was bitterly contested, and still is today. Is it? Oh, totally. Really? We need a couple of sentences farther. Uh, 14th Amendment, particularly this first section, is one of the most... Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Roe vs. Wade, that sort of thing. Regarding oh, no, abortion. no. Specifically, uh, and Obergfell uh, v. Hodges, regarding same-sex marriage, just last year, it got referenced again. Oh, yeah. The amendment limits the actions of all states and local officials. Uh, the Equal Protection Clause is a big deal. Uh, it gets uh, it gets a lot of wear in in legal circles. Yeah. Um, but basically, what what people rely on is the uh, equal protection and uh, yeah and due process clauses. Uh, basically, giving people well the right to due process and the right to have laws apply equally to them. Right, and that includes people like me. Hooray! Yeah, and Susan uh, B. Anthony. And Susan B. Uh, Section two was reduced, uh, reduced like a state's appointment if it wrongfully denies any adult male's right to vote. Abolitionist leaders criticized the amendment's failure to specify or specifically prohibit the states from denying people a right to vote on the basis of race. Section two protects the right to vote only by adult males, not adult females, being the mm. only provision in the Constitution to exp- explicitly discriminate on the basis of sex. Uh, Section oh, two also condemned. Or what was condemned by women suffragists such as Elizabeth Caddy Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, Whoa. who has long since, who has long seen their cause as linked to that of black rights. Wow! Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize she would be, she would show up on there here she specifically, is, and she's linked. Wow! Good job, so, you guys. Yeah, I made it in just as many clicks as you, going <laughs> the wrong direction to the wrong page. <laughs> so, well, not too. That's shabby. incredible. So Susan B. Anthony was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. She's an American social reformer and feminist who played a pivotal role in the women's suffrage movement. Uh, I did not realize that she was a Quaker to begin with, or rather born to a Quaker family, it says here. Uh, mm-hmm. But it looks like from the age of 17, she was already working for anti-slavery movements. Like, what the heck, man? Yeah, this was this was a very uh, activist family. Oh my gosh. Super cool. Yep. Uh, so Anthony just... Would not take guff from anyone. Nope. Which was amazing. Uh, So in 1872, for the presidential election, uh, she and nearly 50 other women in Rochester, New York, uh, home of Dinosaur Barbecue, attempted to vote in the presidential election in Rochester. Fifteen of them actually convinced the inspectors to allow them to cast ballots. That's so great. Um, The others were turned back. Um... When Anthony decided to vote, uh, her case became a national controversy. She was arrested on November 18, 1872 by U.S. Deputy Marshal and charged with illegally voting. Fourteen other women were also arrested but released pending the outcome of Anthony's trial. Uh, 
She spoke in all 29 towns and villages of Monroe County, New York, where Rochester is, uh, where her trial was to be held, uh, asking, is it a crime for a U.S. citizen to vote? She said the 14th Amendment, which had been created earlier, gave her the right. Wow. And then, uh, um, on the third day of her trial, she was asked whether she had anything to say, which, if you do not want Susan B. Anthony to talk, you should not ask her that. (laughs) Uh, She responded with, quote, the most famous speech in the history of the agitation for women's suffrage, unquote, according to Andy Gordon, a historian of the women's movement, repeatedly ignoring the judge's order to stop talking and sit down. (laughs) <laughs> she protested what she called this high-handed outrage upon my citizens' rights. You have trampled underfoot every vital principle of our government. My natural rights, my civil rights, my political rights, my judicial rights, and all alike ignored. Incredible. Yep. Um, and then the U.S. Supreme Court in 1875 um, put an end to the strategy of trying to achieve women's suffrage through the court system by ruling in Minor versus Happersett that the Constitution of the U.S. does not confer the right of suffrage upon anyone. Hmm. That that seems a way to that seems a way out of that just mm-hmm. by letter, if not by spirit. And then they're like, "Well, we're just gonna have to make an amendment, jerks." <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And they did. So it needs amendments. Yep. Yep. Oh man, so awesome! Did you guys? Do you guys know why I, I made the the link between these two topics? All I can think of is the um. The, the cover no, yeah. of uh, Kate, Kate Beaton. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, the step aside pops. It's not wrong. Uh, she was actually a big proponent of bicyc- bicycling. Uh, so there's this famous quote that was going around that I actually thought of when I, I came across this page. Uh, and I found, I found this quote again. Uh, she said, um, let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. The picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. That's pretty great. So what bikes did was, I mean, it gave women the ability to leave their house. Right. Like, go places mm-hmm. and get outside their neighborhood. I mean, um, how incredible is that? On a slightly related note, uh, Susan B. Anthony never married. Journalists, of course, repeatedly asked her to explain why. <laughs> um, she they, they provide several quotes she gave about that uh, over time. Uh, one was, it always happened that the men I wanted were those I could not get. And those who <laughs> wanted me, I wouldn't have. Uh, to another, she answered, I never found the man who was necessary to my happiness. I was very well as I was. To a third, and this is my favorite, she said, I never felt I could give up my life of freedom to become a man's housekeeper. When I was young, if a girl married poor, she became a housekeeper and a drudge. If she married well, she became a pet and a doll. Just think, had I married at 20, I would have been a drudge or a doll for 59 years. Think of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's pretty great. Well, I am really glad she did not then. Yeah. Oh, man. She did cool things. She totally did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys did cool things, too, tonight. Way to go. You both got to the end page. Hooray for freedom. <laughs> so if you enjoyed this and if you want to hear more of of our uh antics i guess you can check us out on itunes uh we are we are there and on soundcloud as well or not soundcloud stitcher um please leave us a review we would love to hear from you yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) our last review was quite a while ago and we would love more of them uh, feel free to suggest us to other people as well. That would be super cool of you. Maybe retweet us or something. I don't know. Uh, what Anything you do would be a big help. Uh, you can also check us out at wsgbcast.blogspot.com where uh, we post the episodes and uh, a couple and some links to the images we talk about. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at wskbcast or on Facebook uh, just by searching We Should Know Better. Uh, so I think that's it. Uh, I, did you guys, did you guys do anything fun for, well, is this the fun thing that you're doing for, for your, uh, 4th of July weekend? Yes. (laughs) There's no good answer to that other than the, I went up, I went up to the Silver Lake Dunes and ran around on sand. Sweet. I went to a concert of video game cover bands. Oh, right. You're the one who avoided fireworks. Yeah. Uh, 
I had audio fireworks. That's not a real thing, Tim. It is now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, happy 4th of July, you guys, uh, and have a good night. Yep. See ya. <laughs> good night. Did you just wish him a happy 4th of July? I did. Yep. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I got into it this episode. I am your Brexit, Kyle, and with me as always are my European Union. Oh my god. Yeah, Sky. <laughs> Guys, Nintendo Everything says that Pokemon Go launched on Android. Is, Ninten- is Nintendo Everything a good source? We, uh, I mean, we're I can kind look- of uh, we're kind of derailed here, aren't we? Guys, this, <laughs> I don't know. This podcast me, might just become check, a po- po- podcast about Pokemon I'm doing, Go. I'll you. check it right now. Hang no, on. it's only in Europe, I think. Well, things that made it this and Shovel Knight. Oh, guys, guys. <laughs> so red team is Team Valor and blue team is Team Mystic. Sky. I don't know <laughs> what yellow team is. We're going to stop you. Oh, oh, yellow team. Team P. Nope. It's, it's Team Instinct. Ugh. I... Sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be in radio, Sky. Guys, Pokemon Go is releasing while we're recording this. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> should we let you go? No, it's fine. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just hear him throw down his headset and just like start running out. <laughs> I want to download it. I'm getting a spark. <laughs>